It's Cookie Lab. Hi, and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris. And this is our next visit to the Cookie Time Machine. It's the best way to travel. It is. It's quick. It's fast. It's sweet. It runs. It's fuel efficient and green. It runs on energy. cookies. Runs on the leftover eggshells of the oh, cookies right, right. that we are making. But I little spoil, spoiler alert: I had to use my breakfast eggshells because there were no eggs in the in the cookies. So there were no eggs in the cookies that you made. No eggs in the cookies that I made. Yeah. Because they are, surprisingly, a cookie of the 2010s. We don't have to go back very far. In fact, we during could the, just... During the great egg shortage of the 2010s? <laughs> yes, the chicken strike. <laughs> <laughs> the 2010s. Do you remember the 2010s, Jill? I definitely, I definitely do. It was not, as you said, that long ago. Right. Uh, we could walk back. It's so it's so current. But I'm going to take you back farther. Oh. Let's set the Wayback Machine to uh, the year thir- 1343. Oh, that is... That I don't remember. <laughs> uh, we are going to the court of King Philip VI. And King Philip VI of France imposed a national salt tax, which made salt a luxury. Catastrophe! Catastrophe! Yes. <laughs> so salt became a luxury that only the rich could afford. So you and I would not be be having salted butter. What are, what are you implying about my financial status? Well, the cookie lab has not made us the... <laughs> the internet billionaires we want to be. Exactly. Maybe when we win a Webby. But... So you couldn't use salted butter for anything. It was a rarity. However, if you lived in Brittany, now you might need to tell me about Brittany because apparently it had a free country status. Oh, I don't know that but much it was about still, that. It was still a region of France, I believe. Maybe some of our, our uh, listeners can write in and tell us. But anyway... Brittany became renowned for its superior spaniels. Today, no, <laughs> no, no. That those I think were in the in in Spain. Brittany spaniels are from Spain. Wait a minute. Oh, uh, we're going down so many rabbit holes. <sighs> so uh, sorry. We will have to. We will have to uh, have another podcast just for the the rabbit holes that we're. That going one down. will be called Lab Lab. <laughs> lab Lab. <laughs> Wait, so in Brittany, they, they were, had enough salt of their own to make salted... They, they made the salted butter for the kings or what? I don't... No, they just I'm made it for every, everybody could have it because there was no salt tax. Oh, because they had some autonomy. Got it. I finally have caught up to you, Chris. Thank, I'm ready to go. Thank goodness you're here. Now we're going to fast forward a few centuries to 1976. In 1976, Henri Larue. Henri. Henri Larue. Oui. Welcome to French Cast. <laughs> opened his shop, his chocolate factory and shop. And he wanted a product that would differentiate his shop uh, from other shops. And so he used the Brittany 
uh, region's key ingredient, salted butter, to create a salted butter caramel with crushed nuts. And it was so successful that he won the Best Sweet in France award in 1980. Can you just imagine how fantastic that must have been? And people went wild for it. Yeah, I, I believe it. It sounds amazing. Jump forward. It, it, it took a few years. It took probably 20, 28 years. haagen the ice cream kings of Premium the time. Premium ice creams. Right? Introduced salted caramel ice cream in 2008. And salted caramel took off like hotcakes. So something else was introduced in 2008, my kid Oscar. And when you say salted caramel ice cream, I have just an indelible memory of him. We were at an event where people were making ice cream using liquid nitrogen. Oh, yeah. Like instant ice cream as a kind of a cool party mm -hmm. trick. And one of the flavors was salted caramel. And little Oscar, I don't know how old he was at the time, five or so, tasted it. And it was so yucky, he cried. Oh. So I feel like salted caramel can be the most fantastic thing, but also has the potential to be terrible if done poorly. Yeah, it, you can burn the caramel. It, it can take it taste very acidic, very burnt taste. Hopefully, the what we made today does not taste that way. Because... Oh, I, I'm sure, shortly, Chris, shortly after Hagen I'm does, sure that you, in, in the lab... Well, we used science. And so Starbucks introduced the salted caramel hot chocolate soon Mocha. after Hagen does and that and then it was off and then it was off to the races with I salted love it. caramel so what better cookie to represent the year 2010 according to thekitchen.com than the salted caramel thumbprint cookie and that's what you have made for us today that's what we have today in front of us it is a shortbread nut cookie Yes, it is. You're, you look <laughs> pensive with well, I, a dollop I, of homemade salted caramel on top. It's, it, it looks yummy. It's there, big. It's bigger than I would imagine. A th I picture a thumbprint cookie being more contained. Yeah. Now, we'll go into a reason for that. But let's taste this cookie. You want to taste it now? Oh, good. It looks more like a molasses cookie, like in Not its in size. Not in color. Yeah. And it has Wait, the thumbprint. And it has uh, uh, salted caramel with a few flakes of salt on top, right? Is your mouth watering? Right, you said I could eat it and then you kept talking. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let's eat. Interesting. It is an interesting cookie. It's like the cookie is like, you tell me it's a nutty shortbread and I believe you. <laughs> but it also but is behaving, you know, it has this 1%, 5% snickerdoodle-esque-ness to it. Mm. Okay. So you made this caramel? I made the caramel sauce for the top of it, and you I made did the Did you cookies. just, like, melt down a bunch of individually wrapped craft caramels? No, no. No. Because it tastes pretty fancy. Well, that's because... So, 
Here's the things I like about this cookie. It uses sugar and you just melt the sugar and then you add uh, a half a stick of butter and a half a cup of heavy cream and some vanilla mm -hmm. extract and some kosher salt. And you mix that all together until it becomes a caramel and then you cool it. So it's pretty straightforward. You, you, you can easily burn the sugar, but I don't think I did. I think it's good. No, you didn't. It tastes like I, I'm in Henri LaRue's shop. <laughs> but the cookie has chopped pecans or pecans that are toasted and then crushed with granulated sugar. So you make a pecan sugar. Oh. Then you put in vanilla extract and butter and you you whip that up and then you add two tablespoons of bourbon oh the secret ingredient so it has of all everything fun all of my favorite things in it in one cookie <laughs> in one cookie uh and i'm not a big fan of shortbread cookies but this this cookie you 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 put the salted caramel on it and I think it fixes all things shortbready. And, well, I'm not going to agree with that because I think all things shortbready is fantastic from the get-go. But I do think that the less sweet nature of the shortbread base is really what would be needed for this sweet and delicious caramel It's very important. Topping. I agree mm -hmm. with you. I agree with you. I think it's in the 2.7 range of cookies. And one of the reasons that I that I'm thinking that is because uh, um, maybe maybe some listeners don't don't know about the scale. It's a scale of one Chris's scale of one to three. So two point seven is quite high. Yeah, and almost all cookies start at a three and then go down. And then go down based I on what I don't like about them. Uh, <laughs> so this lost two points just for being a shortbread. Oh, come on. <laughs> and um, I will talk about this more in the future, but being a shortbread is amazing in itself. Wait, are we in the future now? Like, did we get back in oh, the let, time machine? Yes, we had to get back in is the it, time machine to eat the cookie. Is it 2010? Okay, all right. So right. we're in the future now. Right. Or we're in, but there's no leavening. The there's no leavening in this cookie. There's no, no eggs, no baking powder, no baking soda. The only thing that kept this cookie from becoming a blobby uh, one-layer mess on my cookie sheet <laughs> was the fact that the dough was chilled for two hours. Then oh, I made wow. it into balls, made the thumbprints, mm. and then I froze it for another 15 minutes. Before putting Listeners, it into the oven. Very, this cookie, very important steps. This cookie is the size of what you would imagine a chocolate chip cookie might be. If Chris had not done these crucial chilling steps, this cookie would be now this the size of Chris's entire front and back lawn would be covered with cookie. <laughs> yes. Right. It would just spread out. Which is not like a bad you, idea. I'm thinking of covering my front and back lawn <laughs> in cookie. You, you would no longer have to remove leaves or mow grass. But um, I just, when you told me that, I just was struck by it because it does not look like it was ever a ball. I and mean, that's how it's it a started. flat, 
circle. Mm-hmm. Yep. But what I really wanted to talk about was the science of caramelization. Mm-hmm. Because there are a few. Can I talk about that with you? Yeah. I mean, are you up for when it? When you say, I totally am. When you say caramelization, I, I think onions. But yeah, apparently, sure. it's sure. a process uh, that applies to cookies as well. So please, it please al- enlighten us. It always applies to sugar. Anything that has sugar in it can be caramelized. Okay. Do uh, onions have sugar in them? Yeah. Uh, okay, who knew? So sugar melts. Apparently you. I, I did know that. <laughs> sugar melts at 366 degrees Fahrenheit. You bake your cookies at 350 most of the time. Mm-hmm. But caramelization happens to sugar when it reaches 338 degrees. Okay, so specific. So as I was stirring the sugar... It was getting brown before it melted. By the time it mm. melted, it was all caramelized. So I was thinking to myself, as I'm stirring this and stirring it and stirring it and stirring it, so it didn't burn, so I didn't get any hot spots or anything like that. I was thinking, Chris, why does it turn brown? Yeah. I mean, I assume you started with white sugar. Yeah. And white sugar is C6H12O6, sucrose. Mm. Right, of course. It begins to break down and form new compounds. And those new compounds are polymers, which are just just collections of many different many different molecules. They those polymers reflect light again in a different way than sugar does. Oh, and because you taught us about how milk would be clear. If it not for I, do you remember what, what? was it? Um, some kind of chains of proteins. Capsaicin. Right. So you telling me this now is not like I'm. I'm following. I'm, my my head is not going to explode from the white sugar turning brown. Oh, very good. But you know what those polymers are called? Those new molecules are called. There, there are three of them specifically, and I love their names. They're Carm- Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> That's not right. Uh, no. No. The, much less creative. Carmelans, Carmelans, and Carmelins. Come on. <laughs> That's true. What's, Thumbs down. I, uh, <laughs> and they're like, you know, remember, so I said C6H12O6 was sucrose. They're like C24H36O18 up to C125. Oh H one hundred and eighty six and O eighty, so these these become you could you could really you big. could breathe that to survive. <laughs> if you could oxygen. get the oxygen off of it, sure, <laughs> yeah. So I I just want to clarify something because somebody's okay. going to come up to you someday and say, you know, that cookie that you're eating with the salted caramel on it, that is a perfect example of the Maillard reaction. Oh, also from France, I assume. Yes. And you're going to say, no, my friend, no, it is not. It It, is not. It is not the Maillard reaction. And we will talk about that during chocolate chip cookie month. Okay. But the Maillard reaction requires proteins and sugars. Caramelization. And we have only sugars here? Only uses sugar. Got it. 
And there's your science fancy pants fact of the podcast. Which is why they're not named Huey, Dewey, and Louie, because those are ducks like Mallard. Mm-hmm. I like how you wrap that all together. But I think the most important thing to take away from this delicious cookie is that it's enjoyable. You can eat it with friends and family, and everybody will find something that they like in it. And it's very important to keep your paws off of my cookie, Jill, because well I'm going to eat all of these. Chris. <laughs> well played, Chris. <laughs> and I can't wait for next week because we are going to explore shortbread-type cookies even more. Right. So when you said that your cookie here today was a nutty shortbread and I, like, stopped cold, that's because what I'm planning is also a nutty shortbread. It's like we, it's like we planned it. It is. It's like we have... But in fact, listeners, we did not. Nope. It just, it just worked out that way. I went in the time machine and ended up in 2010, and you are ending went to Mexico. up in Mexico. Stay tuned next week to find out what that Mexican shortbread cookie might be. Until then. Bye-bye. It's Cookie Lab.